0: Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, let's get ready to be inspired. Introducing in the red corner, American Tennis, and introducing in the blue corner, your host for American Tennis, Mr. Chuck Reese. Ladies and gentlemen. Time to get in the game. Good morning and hello and welcome to another week of American tennis. Now, in our fifth year, folks, and doggone it, we're keeping it rolling uh, thanks to the Yellow Ball Network and the Your Tennis Network. I'm wondering how Jason Haynes is doing out there. Jason. If you're listening, know that we're thinking about you all the time. And, daggone, I need to give you a call and see how you're doing. But uh, thanks for the creator of the UR Tennis Network. I'm Coach Chuck Creasy. We are in our fifth year with American Tennis Radio. And each week on Wednesday at noons, I bring to you a lot of different programs, sometimes with guests, sometimes with not, sometimes an instructional series, sometimes the political uh, stuff. And, daggone it, I am I'm upset, <laughs> and and I I um I'm just tired of this paralysis by analysis stuff. It 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 is everywhere. We you know the stuff we're doing. Uh, why did it? Why was it so much easier when we didn't have uh, computers? I thought computers were supposed to make a two-day work week and make our lives more leisurely and everything. But it's paralysis by analysis. All the way around, and part of the stuff that I'm upset about, it's so hard just to get my 10-year-old daughter to playing uh, some local little tournaments, and they've got the local guy here so hogtied with 10 and under regulations that I'm just saying, forget it. I'm just going to take her out and do family outings and keep working with her on her tennis that way. And then when it comes down to the college tennis arena, Uh, Dag gone it's so complicated uh, To you know They've got everything over Regulated by the ITA And hogtied You know talk about rules NCAA you know folks there's NCAA D1 D2 D3 NAIA and junior College and if that's uh, These are the different breakdowns Of the divisions everybody knows that But it used To be just hey practice and play get your guys better and uh, you know that's what we're supposed to do and they have used they have used tennis and the other sports sorta as window dressing legislation and I, I really believe this just so, you know I mean come on they have ramped up what what how many football games are we having now 13 14 15 games 15-game football games if you want to win a national championship, 15 games. Uh, Clemson and Alabama were 14-1. and one. Didn't it used to be 12? Didn't it used to be 11 games with a bowl game? And then so, you know, tennis used to get to sort of do what you wanted to do. Uh, Basketball has kept their 30-some games, and they they go to school – you know, I mean, they play during the middle of the week and everything, and baseball's got their 60 games. And, and I, look, I'm not whining or complaining, but the over the regulations that they put in in the early 90s, you can go back and, and look, folks, since the early 90s when they put in all the regulation, we're not turning out professional players at all anymore from the college ranks. In the eighties, seventies, sixties—she whiz back in the sixties and seventies. Back with Dennis Ralston, Stan Smith, Arthur Ashe, played college tennis. They would usually play the NCAA tournament sometime in June, and then go over and play Wimbledon right afterwards. Uh, as um, you know, now, <laughs> now in the top one hundred, why do we have two players that played college tennis? Two American-born players that played college tennis, and. uh Golly, we had like 40, I think, in 1986, 87. We just dominated because the college system used to be the stepping stone system into the professional ranks. Junior tournaments, oh, my gosh. Do you know it is easier to book a flight to Timbuktu, wherever Timbuktu is, and – you know, eight different changeovers in, in, in airports. It's easier to do that online than it is to actually enter a USTA tournament. And uh, tell me now, I maybe I'm just slow on the uptake. I've said I'm a very slow learner. Now I'm darn smart, folks. When I learn, but I'm very slow, uh, slow learner here. But but just tell me, is there something that I just can't catch up with here, or it used to be? Just a heck of a lot easier, didn't you? Just join tournaments, or is USTA sort of overregulated? And uh, just you know, and all of the Barney Fives back in the back offices with their computers have really gotten to a place where there is complete paralysis by analysis. And all the stuff that we're doing, all this overregulation, are we really doing it because it's good and it's getting us organized and it's making things easier? Or is it we're only doing it because we can, and it's just more middle management clogging up everything. And uh, folks, I want to talk about what should the U.S. A tennis really look like, and uh, what should it look like? You know, the pathway I've talked so many times should be a freeway of multiple avenues to become a good player. You should have freedom. You shouldn't have regulation and mandates. You know, and you know, it, the paralysis by analysis is really just over the top. Now, how did we get here? I mean, it. it we really, really need to stop and, and think. Uh, you know, I was on that USTA committee, junior committee, for two years back. Uh, gosh, back when I was teaching tennis um, five or six years ago, and uh, I told you always they threw me off of there. I. And they had one day, they said, look, we need more tournament directors and more players. And I raised my hand, I said, with all due respect, please, why would somebody want to run a tournament? And why do players want to play tournaments with as complicated as we have made it? Folks, do you feel this way out there? I mean, is it just overly complicated, overly regulated, too many mandates? What in the heck is going on? I mean, our leadership has to open up the gates. And I want to I talk about this, and I'm going to have a couple coaches call in, I hope. But I want to start by just saying that, look, freedom should be the name of the game in USA tennis. Let's deregulate. Freedom, freedom, freedom. And, uh, you know, what we've done, we have over-regulated and uh, under-stimulated Just make some simple tournaments. When I came up as a junior player, I didn't have any lessons. I learned at the park. But I understood what you had to do. You had to get good locally, and then you had to get good within your city, and that included maybe your high school team and other things. Then you started going to tournaments that were sort of regional state tournaments. And guess what? If you did well at those, you got to go to the biggies in the state which were the, the, the state qualifying event and the state JCs, and these tournaments were all run. We knew they were biggies, and we knew that if you won locally, you got to go to these biggies, and then you'd get in, and guess what? If you won those biggies, you got to go to the big Midwest tournament or the big Western for me because I grew up in Indiana. And guess what? If you did that well there, you got to go to about five or six National events, you know, when Kalamazoo was the king daddy of them all. That was the big one, and you had the state, the national JCs in Houston, Texas, and you had some of these other tournaments. You of course, you had the national indoors was in Dallas each year over Thanksgiving, and then you had your other tournaments. But all of these tournaments had a pecking order, or a pecking order and a hierarchy. So here's what the USTA did in their infinite wisdom. They come in and they start regulating by putting a value, a point value on these tournaments. Oh, do they have enough hotel space? Oh, do they have tournaments that, by the way, they've got to have our 10 and under markings on the courts before we will use their tournaments for an event. So you've got to pay all this money and get those little mini courts put on your on your courts like everybody does everybody's asking now are they volleyball markings or what is this because nobody plays that stuff anymore the ten and under thing oh oh I'm sorry it's now the net generation or something like that ten and under is going to the the net what the net generation I think they're calling it they're rebooting it and they're going there so now you've got to do all these things and Folks, I've been in tennis 47 years. I don't understand the difference between an L1, and L2, L3, L4, L6, uh, green, red, blue tournament, whatever it is. Everywhere you go, it's something different. It has different value. All, you, all I know is that there seems to be some parents that may be a little bit more wealthy, paying money, and they're driving their kids around to all these different tournaments and trying to get them points because it's a chase for points. Now, do the kids care about the points? No. You know, really, kids, this is a quote by the great Tim Wilkinson, Dr. Dirt, and his quote always goes back to the, I go back to the uh, We Coach Tennis program back two or three years ago that J.P. Weber runs. I'm hoping Coach Weber will call in today. But we go back to Dr. Dirt saying kids play tennis for two reasons. Parents, listen. They play for rivalries. In other words, they want to be better than somebody else. Rivalries. And they want to win tournaments of heritage. In the old days, used to want to win the Pepsi 16 in Florence, South Carolina, or the Crackerland Tournament, or the Gator Bowl, or the Orange Bowl, or Zoo. I will ask all the time on these committees, I said, do you think a kid would rather be number one in the country because of points that he's chased or win Kalamazoo? They want the titles. So uh, we, we're, we're just going at this wrong So as far as juniors concerned. We're doing it wrong as far as college is concerned, for sure. Then we're doing it wrong as far as juniors concerned. And now they're going to make the pro circuit, I believe, they're going to make a stipulation where the entry level is I don't know, top 500 or something like that and, and I don't even look folks, I don't know the system, how they're going to do this I I think it's going to somewhat um, part do the same type of system maybe golf has where you've got to have a Q school and things to get into the professional ranks and, and you know some of that might be good, it might not be all bad but They'd be, they're figuring that one out now. Now, along with this, we have gone to marketing through the marketeers, the marketeers. And uh, the marketeers, what happens when you make something corporate and you start counting heads of how many people are playing and how much money's coming in and what is our budget and all of these things, USTA, instead of being an educational institution, you're a marketing institution, and you're corporate, and wow, it's big money. We know that. We know it's big money, U.S. the U.S. Open and all of the dues. You know, are trying to get my daughter on that computer, by the way, that you'll be charging her from now until she's 65 anyway, or after. She'll be playing 65 and overs. They try to get your all your kids' names on those computers so they can bring in the money. But once anything goes corporate like that, the whole foundation of what an educational system that motivates goes by the wayside, or, you know, they will preach a certain thing, but it goes by the wayside,
1: so, you know, we've
0: got a lot of challenges, we really do, so our program today is what it should look like, and uh, I'm going to just give a few simple things out here, and in, in, you know, if I was in charge, what would it look like? If you were in charge, what would it look like? If you want to call in, call in today and give me your opinion. I'm thinking a few coaches here, are going to be calling. If you wait for me to do a commercial, we will be right back with American Tennis's Coach Chuck Greasy. Coach J.P. Weber of the We Coach Tennis Radio Show. In my 30 years' experience in coaching tennis, I've never seen a better tennis training situation for children than Coach Creasy's Total Tennis Training Camps. Chuck Creasy has coached them and trained them in every arena from juniors to collegiate to professional tennis, and over 15,000 children have improved their games at his summer tennis camps. Find out more at chuckcreasy.net. That's chuckcreasy.net. This is Coach Chuck Creasy, and folks, go to chuckcreasy.net. We've got a brand-new website, and I've got my camps up there. I've got my books up there. Folks, I've been doing some consultant work, and we'll come to your club, and I'm going to open it wide open for a lot of different things. Just go to chuckcreasy, K-R-I-E-S-E, .net, and keep up with my writings and my blogs and all the different things I'll be doing. Chuck Creasy, making them in America, and what do we need to do in America to make American tennis work? Folks, I want to go back to uh, something I said, oh, golly. When I first, used to, first started my programs uh, about five years ago, I used to state all the time that, you know, computers and the paralysis by now, computers have allowed Barney to run Mayberry. Now, what I mean by that is that <laughs> – if none of you have watched Andy Griffiths, the old Andy Griffiths, go back and watch him. But there, the psychology of it is just fantastic. There you had Barney, you know, definitely a number two guy. Barney was not the number one guy. Andy is the number one guy. But basically, number one people do right things. And number two people can do things right. But doing right things takes a while to learn how to do. Now, we're not going to change the situation We are locked in with the computers We're locked in with the automation and the, the all, all of the technology we have we, We're we locked in So we, we've got to be very wise With how we use it To benefit us In everything that we do We either use it for our benefit Or it runs us into the ground The way it wants to And we become depend, dependent On it It teaches us how to do things right, but it will never help us. In other words, it helps us to do things right if we use it, the technology in the correct way, but it will never make us do a right thing. And that is, the, that is uh, what I have uh, harped on many, many times on this show. Leaders do right things. And you know what? Leaders will do right things wrong at first until they learn how to do right things the right way. A, A great coach usually does the right things in the wrong way, and then they figure out how to do it. Players learn by making mistakes, but they learn with aggressive mistakes, and they do the right things the wrong way, and then they learn how to do the right things the right way. But computers allow number two people to act like leaders and put their programs to the front of the pack. A lot of times without the skill set, without the necessary knowledge, and basically we get a lot of number two and three people in leadership positions now because they look organized and they do things right. Plays for everybody. I'm not running anybody down. But why is it that we have some of our lesser experienced people rising to leadership positions? And um, why is it that we see so little wisdom? We see a lot of knowledge out there, but not enough wisdom. You know, um, the simple answer, and I've said this to many, many of the young people that I've worked with, is that the greatest gift that you could the greatest skill set that you can learn how to learn is discernment, your ability to see the real truth below the surface, to see what the real answer is. And that goes for discernment in reading people, discernment in the right message and what it done, how to get things done, how to cut through the red tape and everything. If you want to be successful, discernment and your ability to look a little deeper is the most important skill. And I don't even go here, but it's scary as all get out how dependent. or We have a whole generation coming up now, this next generation, even after the millennials that are so dependent on computers, they just fall in line very robotically and don't even think. But uh, anyhow, computers are the culprit. Wrong people, it's nothing more pathetic than small people in big positions. There's nothing more terrible that paralyzes an organization more than when you get number two or three people in leadership positions. Number two, three, two people hire three, and number three and four people. We need more number one people that are doing right things and that are trailblazers and thinkers outside of the box out there and I don't think we're going to get that out of our USTA, definitely not of our ITA in college. So I want to talk a little bit about a few things that I would do if I were in charge. Hey, look, I'm not all knowing, all wise, but folks, I've been in this 47 years, and you know what? i put my common sense knowledge out there ahead or in front of just about anybody out there because it's i I've really realized that there are not a lot of people in this game that uh have stuck their nose down and just given and given to and look the coaches do, but our game is one that people often try to climb to the top of the ladder by putting other people's lights out and I do not want to be doing that. I'm not going to to go after anybody here other than. Our organizations, our corporate organization, USDA, the ITA, and dag on it—you guys are bureaucrats. That's about all I can say. But here's what we need to do at, at the pro level. Look, I don't know enough about the structure to pro level. All I know is there ought to be a simple stepping stone. I, I, I would love to see it more like um, one of the one of the things that we have that that does not work is the um, just basic future level when everybody can go out and play a future. I'd like to see it go back to the old satellite level where people who wanted to play pro tennis, you had to go out and play three or four of these satellite tournaments. So these satellites were a system of four tournaments together, three tournaments and then the masters. And basically if you had the right stuff, you were able to hang in there and you'd find yourself at the Masters with the best 16 players at the end of it. Uh, nowadays, any pretender can go out and play a few futures and say with Dad's Diner Club card or, you know, their American Express card and, and say I'm on the pro tour. They find themselves spending $20,000 a year going out to play tournaments, and they can say I'm on the pro tour. We don't We need that. We need some filter, a filter. And I don't know, again, what – the ITF and stuff is doing. I don't understand this new system. Maybe they recognize this too, and that we will have good filters like a tour school or something like golf has. But the old satellite system was a good one. That was a great filter for the pretenders to be separated from the contenders. So in pros I'm not I think that our entry level has to be better they got to stop paying off the top pros for appearances. They've got to let them risk more. Right now, The, the there's no future in the futures because the points are stacked so much against the future levels and the challenger levels. You've got to really just have a crystal clean uh, record and just do everything perfect to work your way up the line. But our top players need to be more vulnerable, and our bottom players need more of a filtering system to get rid of the pretenders and then stair, uh, clear stair, more clear stair steps. College folks, I've been through this over and over and over again. Could you mess up a great training grounds more than what we have messed up college tennis? I don't think so. Shame on the ITA. Shame on you college coaches that are so short-sighted and putting together this no ad scoring, these abbreviated scoring things, thinking that you're going to get into the marketing game. Look, it's not about the marketing game and the entertainment business. It should be about the education business. And I don't just mean kumbaya, let's all be friends and have a great event. No, it should be the education of a tennis player. What other sport does a worse job at training players for the professionals? Every professional team gets their players from from college football, college basketball, college baseball, college golf. Look at golf, how well they've done. Every player out there has been on the college tour. I don't think there's a worse example of training players for the professional ranks than what we do at the college level, and it's it's all because of overregulation, and um, just just the lack. Of thinking like an educator and, and too much like an entertainer at the college level, and I blame the ITA and your overregulation. And look, ITA doesn't have any. They don't. They do not run college tennis. It's the NCA, and we work for the NCA and our conferences and our schools. But the ITA has butted in where they didn't belong. By the way, the USTA pays the ITA to do their Bidding a lot of times and to do carry out their programs, and I don't even want to go there with the lobbying practices of the USTA in college. You guys just screwed it up. What can I say it's it's shameful, shameful and it's it's bad that the recruiting practices now they're you're you're all over the world and do you know folks out there you American parents are going to be so upset that a kid can overseas can take ten thousand dollars a year past his expenses and still be eligible to come over here so the floodgates have been opened for all the pro players to come over and guess what they're taking your child's place and my child's place and doggone on it it's it's just so frustrating that college tennis is turning turning into the dead thing that it is and you know it's bad enough to have opened up the floodgates with all the professional players that have come over here. What the worst part about it is our training arena and our lack of matches does, does not groom a player anymore to play in the daggone, you know, you know, farm leagues. It's, it's just awful. Why, what do we need to do? We need a better leadership there in the ITA. We need some people that will step up. And protect and honor our scoring system We need a scoring system To go back to traditional scoring And I have a great plan here Laid out by Coach Randy Blumenthal. I'm hoping that he will call in But Coach Randy Blumendahl Laid out the answer For college tennis The answer for college tennis Folks is that we should have The marketing show That they want with dual matches Maybe in the fall for six weeks you have a six-week season, get it over and get it out of the way because tennis is not a team event. Tennis is an individual sport. So you do the team stuff, first six weeks in the fall, get it done, and nobody cares then if they do the daggone abbreviated scoring or, or anything else, just get it out of the way the first six weeks. And then the rest of the year, the rest of the year you need to play Tournaments, you need to play tournaments where players actually develop through tournaments. Dual match tennis does not, and look, for high school, if you're a high school coach up there, out there, same deal. Dual match tennis does not make a better player because it locks a player in to a certain level, like a one-player, a five-player, an eight-player, whatever. It locks them into that level, match after match after match. Tournament tennis allows you the first two rounds to play someone who is below you, the middle round, someone who is even with you, and the championship rounds, someone who is above you. So you get a third, a third, a third, and that is why players who play tournaments and why tournament tennis is better for the players to, to, uh, to jump from one level to the next to the next from week to week but team tennis just locks somebody. And I don't care if you play 40 team matches, if you're playing at the same level all the time, you get log jammed. And uh, coaches don't even have the flexibility to work players through the log jams anymore. So golly, get rid of the the format the way it is right now. The format, we, we it should be team tennis in the fall for six weeks back football games football weekends play games on Friday night try to get your teams out there your your team out there to play on a Friday night and get a good crowd but say from Thanksgiving on should be nothing but tournament tennis we could folks in college we could have the we could have the indoors we could have the uh, an all-american tournament we could have the NCAA tournament we could have the indoor out we could have a clay court national event. We could have a grand slam of college tennis and then build satellite events around these tournaments. Guess what? Our athletic directors would love it, too, because you could have two sports for the price of one. You could have you could have team tennis and individual tennis. Hey, right now they use track athletes for indoor, outdoor track, and cross country. Athletic directors would love that. Coach Randy Blumendahl's idea. Thank you, Coach Blumendahl. We've got a lot of challenges in college tennis. The worst thing they could have ever done is go to no-add tennis. Now the players aren't developing. The right players do not win because of the randomness of the results. Folks, fight it. Tell your tournament directors you don't want to play this no-add scoring, and there's so many ways it cripples you. Uh, if you will email me at chuckcreasy at gmail.com, chuckcreasy at gmail.com, I will send you – The ten points that you need to point out to parents, coaches, your administrators about why NOAAD tennis is paralyzing, paralyzing our kids from learning the game. In junior tennis, what do we need to do in junior tennis? Folks, we need to separate participation versus performance or participation versus serious tournament events. Now, look, I don't care how you do that. High school could be a participation event. It, should, it, it. But I really think it should be a, it, a serious event. I, I really believe it should be into the tournament grouping, and you could very very simple. You could very you could do this so easily now. But you need to play again. First of all, the scoring systems in anything that you keep uh, rankings with or ratings. You should, you should absolutely use full matches. But high school tennis, you could do – folks, if you're a high school coach out there, have your dual matches, but why not have a tournament every two or three weeks? Once a month, have three or four key tournaments in your region and get eight, get eight teams together. As a college coach, I would come out there and watch high school play, kids play in a tournament. I'm not going to come to a dual match. Are you kidding me? It's a waste of time. You do the. It's an after-school activity. You do three singles, two doubles. It's about as interesting as watching paint dry, you know. And, and it's just, folks, you have got to dump that team event. You know, it's it's just it's just antiquated. It does not develop players. And if you do do it, mix in some tournaments, mix in weekend tournaments, folks. There's easy easier ways to do that. But we need to have an old-fashioned system of if you were good in your area, then you got to advance to the state level. You're good in your state level. You got to advance to regional events. You're good in the regional events. You get to advance to the national events. And then listen to USTA. USTA, dump the point system. You're killing us. You're killing us with that point system. I know it's easy for you computer dudes in the back room. The guys in the back room, you number two and three folks in the back room, it's easier for you, but it does not inspire our kids. You need to inspire our kids again. The UTR is a special, novel thing. Folks, the UTR, Universal Tennis Rate, I think this has a lot of meat on the bone. I think it's going to take off. Now, let me explain the UTR very quickly. The UTR stands for Universal Tennis Rating. With about ten years, a guy named Dave Howe over in oh, over in Virginia and Dave Fish from Harvard. These guys have been putting their brains together, Harvard brain, and, and I think uh, Dave Howe's the logarithm guy. But there, you'll see these US, UTR ratings out there now, and they're rating people, everybody, whether you're number, you're ten years old or a hundred years old. They're rating you in your game between. 0 and 16, 16 is the highest, I believe. Now, why this is good, I think UTR is going to be good, is that we will be able to segregate players, not by age, but by the, by the level of their game. So now we're going to be able to have a 30-year-old ex-college player playing against an 18-year-old hotshot who's coming up. By the way, a 15-year-old has his game up to that level as well. So players will work for a rating so I think this has a lot of meat on the bone. Uh, a lot of credit goes to Dave Howe, Dave Fish, those guys who are doing, working on this. This is the answer. It's that old uh, USTA deal, the 7-point year, 3.5, 4.0. That's like I think it was referred to. That's sort of like the old box phone you used to have in your car compared to uh, one of these new iPhones that the UTR is like. I think the U- UTR... Would be something you could do at the high school level. Be creative, high school coaches. Be creative. Use that UTR, have some UTR tournaments. But maybe you just have players and, and you know, you know, again, if our if our administrators and our USTA and all these organizations just get out of the hey, we need to make money business. Hey, hey, can we make money off that? Hey Marketeers, how many people? How does that profile look? Let's get out of the money business, and let's try to get in the education business again. You guys, if you'll start doing that, this UTR is the way to go. We need to get everybody inspired. We do not need a pathway. Another pathway, USTA, your pathway should be a freeway and an expressway. All right, and so, folks, i have given you some ideas. I'm running out of time. I got a few minutes here, but I wanted to say this. Look, so you know how I feel about no ad scoring. I can't stand it. It is the disaster. It is the bastardization of our tennis game. It's, Folks, I've done it for 47 years, and I'm telling you, I've seen a lot of players that should have, could have, would have been great, destroyed. I've seen players, wrong players win matches. Randomness happens without skill set. There's so many analogies I can't even begin. But, uh, yes, I'm watching the – in the major league baseball playoffs. And I'm watching the other night as the Yankees, I don't like the Yankees. I like Cleveland. But the Yankees win that game the other night basically because they had enough batters get to long extended counts against one of the Cleveland Indians aces and they extended him enough and the drama of the long battings batting, you know, they're up there for 10 or 11 pitches the drama and what it does change the whole complexion of the game. Now, we're going to take out long games out of tennis, folks. We won't have long sets and we won't have long matches. We've already taken out all that. Well, the point being is that when you don't have long matches, long sets, long games, because we only got seven now, between four to seven points, You take that out, you take away the entire body punch effect of what it is like for a boxer to get enough body punches in a round in against the other boxer. Look, a boxer might lose round one, two, three, four, and five on points and then win the fight in round seven simply because of the body punches he gets in. The other night, the pitcher had to go extended amount of pitches, and then when he has to extend that's part of the strategy of the game that is so intricate. If you ever wanted to screw up baseball, you would, you would just say, okay, three balls, two strikes, that's all you get. And, by the way, seven pitches, you're either in the dugout or off first base, one or the other. Folks, folks, that, that would destroy the most intriguing part of the game. In our stupidity to market, to market, to market, and, and, to, and to just we've outsmarted ourselves with the computers here. We destroyed the game. Now, that being said, and all the stuff that I've ever said about NOAD scoring, the, the fitness and the fact that that game point in NOAD is worth eight, yes, it's eight. At 4-4, four, four, you win that last point. You only need four more. The other guy needs 12. Wow. Did you ever think about that? First, first game of the match. You win the first game, how much is it going to take for the other fellow or the other woman to get up, the other gal to get up by the one? They would have been up. It's going to take them eight. It's an eight-point swing on the game point. All these things. And, again, I'll send you the handout. But, folks, there are a lot of participation tournaments, not serious tournaments, but participation tournaments, that everybody wants to play abbreviated scoring. So I have come up with the top ten formats for maximum growth in order of effectiveness. Listen, now, here we go. Here we go. And this is what I would do. I would list all these for tournament directors, for partation events, not for serious events, not for competitive events. Three out of five full sets, you're going to get the best player winning. That's our Grand Slam. That's our Davis Cup Please don't ever change that, you guys in the ITF or USD. Don't ever change. If you do, guys, guys, it'd just be laughable, more laughable than what we see with the new ad now. Second best thing, two out of three full sets, which we do most of our tournaments. Number three, if you can do that, abbreviate the third set by maybe starting at 2-2 two, two, or 3-3, three, 4-4. Three, four, four, I don't know, 3-3. Three, three. If I have to abbreviate them at practice sometimes, you could do the third set and start at 3-3. Or you know what? The icebreaker system. Icebreaker system. Um, teaching pro up in, let's see, up in Tennessee told me about this. Uh, Brian Rohr came up with this. He said, instead of tiebreaker system, how about the icebreaker system? Icebreaker system. And Brian said, hey, coach, instead of the third set, it counts for one whole set, the third set winning. Why don't you let the first set be the abbreviated? You could start at three three in the first set, then full set, full set. You could start at four four. Hey, if you had to use that tiebreaker, that silly, silly, silly ten point tiebreaker, start it have him play the first set, the tiebreaker. Full set, second, full set, third, and folks, you will have the better player always winning, which they should. Right now only the weaker player has the shot at winning with one set and a tiebreaker. The better player is at a big, big disadvantage in that because so I so many situations. Look, you win the first you lose the first set, but you're grinding the guy down, you beat him six one in the second, they're hanging their head, they're done in the third. But what happens now you win, you lose the first set, they tank the second set. Give it to you, and then they try to win the third tiebreaker. It's so bad, that that tiebreaker thing. Use the icebreaker. So abbreviate third set, maybe use the icebreaker system, abbreviate only the first set. Okay, you could abbreviate the first and second set, but play a complete and honor the game by playing a complete third set. The first and second set, you can start at 2 2, you know, and uh, you can start at 2 2, first two sets. Your better player will almost always win that. The better player will not drop both of those sets, and then they will win in the third set. Number six, two out of three sets starting at two all. Look, I've not gotten to no ad scoring. Not with no ad scoring, please. Have used these abbreviated mini sets with kids. Let them learn how to keep scoring tennis. Start at two-two. Number seven, 10-point tiebreaker for the third set is what we do now at our junior tournaments. Folks, that is number seven on the player development chart. And the non-thinking, just we did it because somebody else did it one time before and it sounded interesting uh, chart. No, but we do not have, by the way, folks, USDA does not have a brain trust in the back room figuring these things out. They only did this because somebody popped up at a college meeting one time and said, listen, can we play a ten-point tiebreaker if the match has been settled? And so they did this. Do you know the University of Georgia lost a match to Lander back in the 1990s, I believe, when they were experimenting with no ads tiebreaker for the third set? They practiced. They tried this at the National Indoors for all the matches, ten-point tiebreakers for the third set. I forget how many upsets they had, but it was – a it was a joke, so it shouldn't be used with your kids either, by the way. Number eight. Number eight. I got all the way down to number eight before I said no ad. Scoring might be something you do two out of three full set. Number nine, two out of three sets. First two sets, uh, no ad, third set, tiebreaker, and all this other stuff they do. Look, I got A-game pro set should be in there ahead of those with regular scoring, traditional heritage scoring. Call it heritage scoring. So if I was in charge, this is what I do I'm not going to be in charge. Have you guessed folks yet that I'm not a political guy hey, hey, hey wait a minute have you figured that have you, have you all figured that out that I, I look you know I really don't care what those guys think down there because those guys uh, are not educators they're entertainers and there's some nice people down there and I take my hat off to you educators that are working there for the USTA. i got Some of my foreign players working down there, and I love them, and they got great jobs, and they got to keep their jobs. But I couldn't care less, folks. We gotta save our game, please. If you're old like me, don't just go play golf and hang it up now. We need you. We need your wisdom. Come on, we need your fire. We need your wisdom. We need your passion to get some of this changed. If you're young and just starting out, you better start thinking. Do not let systems run you. You better start thinking and thinking of things logically. You do not want to be some hanger honor. you know you do not just want to be somebody that goes along with the music just because it's interesting for now. You better start thinking. And if you're in the middle and you got the golden handcuffs on, we understand. We understand you got to keep your job right now, but you know uh, and you don't want to make anybody mad, but folks, we got to start standing out now. here's what I always say. They say what has to be said, address issues, not people, stay professional, and no one can find half fault. Nobody can find fault. We need you. We need to save tennis. We need to save the heritage of this great game. Folks, folks, it starts with the structure of tournaments. And Last, last, look, we do not need more systems. We need incentives. We need to inspire people. We do not, systems do not inspire anyone. Folks, folks, <laughs> we need freeways, expressways, multiple ideas, out of the box thinking. Daggone it, daggone it. This is you guys who are using the computer, the Barney's in the back. Look, we do not need Barney to run Mayberry. We need Andy. Andy, where are you at? Andy, come on Andy, we need you to run Mayberry again now. We need some common sense thinking that does right things, not just doing things right. You do the wrong thing the right way, you're always going to get the wrong thing. Let's do the right thing the wrong way and learn how to do the right thing the right way. And God bless you for loving this sport and hang in there with me in America.) Oh, no. Made in America Made in America And it's Coach Chuck Creasy reminding you that you're in the process of winning or losing every day of your life, and it has very little to do with a win or loss. We'll see you next week on American Tennis. Opinions stated by various contributors to the UR Tennis Network and its programming are not to be considered as endorsed by the UR Tennis Network. Participants are encouraged to use their own discernments and draw their own conclusions. All information, products, and services offered by the UR Tennis Network are for personal use only. The UR Tennis Network does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of information contained within the network. Any products or services provided for should be used solely for entertainment purposes. We emphasize the idea of keeping an open mind and not construing the products, services, or data as factual.